Hey guys, this is your girl Amber reaching your potential. In this episode, I have a very special guest here. I know that I've been having a lot of people affiliated with OT, such as being an OT student, OT practitioner, things like that nature. But this guest is going to talk a little bit about his role in a school working with kids with different abilities. So I think it's going to be really exciting, a really great conversation. So let's get into it. that calls himself Sprint Ravers, but in school, his students call him Mr. Brandon. So everybody, mm-hmm. meet Mr. <laughs> everybody meet Sprint Ravers, aka Mr. Brandon. Yes, people, big up reaching your potential. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Can I call you no. MBZ? <laughs> sure, call, call me that. <laughs> you can call me that. That's totally fine. My fault. Now you're good. I feel you, I feel you. Yeah, so um, give yourself a, like a little introduction or kind of introduce yourself, let the people know who you are and kind of your role working in a school. All right, well, for those of you outside of the education, you know me, I sprint ravers, but in the education, I go by Mr. Brandon or Mr. Gooden. Um, I work at the Summit School. It's located in Queens. Uh, they're divided in a elementary, middle school, and a high school. I work in the high school portion. It's my second year working there. I'm an assistant teacher. I work with students with learning disabilities alongside other disabilities, such as emotional, social, you name it. Physical disabilities, not really, you know, because I feel like that's the first thing that pops into people's head when I tell them, oh, I work at a special ed high school. They're like, oh, how do you do it? How do you do it? Like, you have the patience for it. Honestly, like, when I first learned about it and then I did the research on it and I saw it was an all special ed um, school, I thought, like, okay, this is going to be very, very different because mm-hmm. prior to working to that school, I worked in a school in the Bronx and I worked with fifth graders and all of them were general ed students except for one, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, working with that one special ed kid, like I kind of got a feel of, you know, how special ed students like carry themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it didn't give me no issues or anything like that, you know what I'm saying? So when I was getting ready to work at this new school now, I, you know, made sure I mentally prepared myself for it because I'm like, okay, this is a brand new field. This is kids right. with special needs. You know, um, it's my second year working there now. Um, I will say that this year is a little bit more difficult due to the pandemic that we're in and, you know, the hybrid schedule that we're doing. It's twice a week I'm working with them remote and three times a week I'm in person with them. You know, mm-hmm. so, but overall, it, it's it's a very good um environment to be in. You know, I I feel welcome there. You know, that's what it is with my mm-hmm. life and my career right now. Nice, nice. 
Um, is there any reason why you got into like working with kids or working specifically with kids with special needs? Um, so years ago, I was a camp counselor. Oh, not okay. years ago, like many, many years ago, like when I was a teenager, I'm 26 mm -hmm. now. Um, I was a camp counselor and, you know, I've always enjoyed, you know, being around kids. I've always enjoyed being that role model to them, you know, because mm -hmm. I feel like many of them don't have that person to look up to. So I right. feel like, you know, I'm a good enough figure to step into their lives and, you know, teach them the in and out and not just academically, but also in life as well, because I feel like with some parents, they don't really like step in to that field with them, with their social life. Their objective mm -hmm. is only to have their kids get good grades, get into a good school, get into a good college, acquire a good job, make good money. It's not, they it. never like really dig deep into like what's going on with their social life or their love life, whatever. So I feel like mm -hmm. being that I'm working with these kids now, you know, I, I even teach them, you know, how the social life works. I've always um, enjoyed, you know, working with kids because I feel like I had that good chemistry. Even my mom said that, like my mom, mm -hmm. she's always been pushing me to like, you know, get my teacher certificate get my master's in um education and whatnot I, it, I, it means yeah. a lot like to hear you know someone say that especially my mom say that you know um mm -hmm. but I've always like enjoyed working with kids yeah like I never I think I never really wanted to be a teacher but my whole family is filled with like high educators being teachers or working with kids so that was kind of like my first type of job too, like being a camp counselor, working with kids who are like fourth grade, fifth grade level. And then my first type of job, I was working in a high school, working with kids like in Harlem who really needed that support socially and mm -hmm. academically too. But as you said, having that rapport with them, kind of telling them like the ins and outs of life or just letting them know what the future is going to be like, like after high school, because some of them want to go to college or some of them have these, I want to say these goals that are, they have to start looking realistically, like from like, oh, I'm going to go to the NBA, but bro, nobody has come to watch you play. So kind right. of thing. So trying to get them like this reality check, like, okay, this may be a goal for you, but like, have you considered this? Try to think of like, what are some other tools to make sure that they're, going in the right path so I I loved working with kids um I don't know why I didn't really think about it in terms of OT I feel like I may work with them like sooner or later but in the beginning I was just like yeah I'm not working with kids right now it's funny that you mentioned that you know these kids don't really like think about other plans they just stick to that one because I yeah. actually have several students that do like the same thing oh, I want to go to um, Duke University or, oh, I want to go to Howard University or whatever, you know? And it's mm -hmm. like, what if you don't, you know, get into that? Achieve what that. if that doesn't follow through? What's plan B? Mm -hmm. I always right. tell my students, you got to have a plan B. I'm not going to mm -hmm. knock you for 
you know, trying to follow through with plan A, but there's right. always a what if, because my long life, lifelong dream was to, you know, be pro in track and field, mm -hmm. but I got injured. And even before that, even be way before the injury happened, my dad always told me, oh, you got to have a backup plan. You got to have a backup plan. Meanwhile, my mom, on the other hand, she's pushing me to like go pro and track and field because she's like pro track and field, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's okay. I'm pro track and field also till this day. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, you know, again, like if an injury occurs, what are you going to do after that? You know what I'm saying? So that's why it's uh, I always tell my students, like, listen, this happened to me. Now look where I am now. I'm over here educating you guys. I didn't see myself educating you guys, to be honest. I'm going to be honest. I did not see myself being in this position. But mm -hmm. expect the unexpected, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for real. Like, you always have to have options. And just in case the goal that you have in mind in the first place doesn't work out the way that you want it. Like, when you were saying that you wanted to be pro in track and field, like, my goal was to go to a D1 school in track mm -hmm. or just run track in college period I remember my parents just kept saying like okay like let's say you go to a school for track and you get a scholarship for it what happens when you get injured you lose that scholarship so what are you going to do now and I was like oh that's true so I had to kind of think about it again I'm like okay what is going to be like my my second option or my plan b so it's so important to keep that in mind for kids because I don't think kids think about the steps to get to that goal. Like, it sounds nice. Like, oh yeah, I want to be a doctor. I want to go to Duke University. Mm -hmm. But knowing the steps that it takes to get there is easier said than done. Exactly. Yeah, so like, let's go a little bit deeper into like working with your kids and things of that nature. What would you say is like your, your typical day as your role as a teacher's assistant working with your kids? So basically um, there's nine periods in the school day and mm -hmm. they have the homeroom period, which is like 10 minutes before first period. So um, my average day as a teacher's assistant, I follow like my own schedule. I don't assist like the same kids in my homeroom all day. I also assist okay. other students from different homerooms. It's a very small school. So it's like, it's even like the, the upper um, administration they expect you to like know every single kid in the school. Me, I really don't know every single kid still. <laughs> I feel like last year I did, but like if I see the face, then the name gonna come to my head, you know? Right. But though I could say like the entire ninth and 10th grade and the 11th grade, I'd know. Like there were some new kids that transferred in. So it's like, I don't really know, but I know mm -hmm. faces, you know? So, yeah, again, it's not just my homeroom students. I'm assisting all day. It's also kids from different homerooms. And basically, I just have to um, assist the teachers and, you know, helping them to make sure the students are focused because some of them tend to get distracted. Some of them may disrupt mm -hmm. the class by having side conversation. And then that's when I step in and I say, cut that out, focus, mm -hmm. get back to work, let's go. Did you write this down? Do you have this down? Stop looking at the clock. Stop texting. <laughs> that's basic. That's basically me, you know. And what I want to say is, 
some of the kids, I feel like they weren't used to that. I feel like some kids were surrounded by maybe other faculty members or staff members that really don't like carry the same traits that I do. I feel like I'm I'm more uh I don't want to say aggressive, but assertive. I'm more assertive. Yes, exactly. I'm more assertive. Mm-hmm. Like I put my foot down because I'm not gonna let anybody walk over me, mm-hmm. you know, because I can see it like so many some of these students they talk back. They talk, they talk yeah. back to their their elders, they even talk back to their parents and all that. But me, when they encounter me, they don't do that with me because they got an idea of how I was from last year, you mm-hmm. know, and even they still see it. Like the kids from last year, they don't mm-hmm. do that to me, but the new kids that I've transferred in, they've tried that, but now they got the idea that, oh yeah, Brandon don't play. So do I'm gonna just, <laughs> you know, settle down and, you know, do my thing and continue focusing, not get on his bad side. The returning kids, mm-hmm. they, they, mm I had no problem with <laughs> maybe one returning kid because he's like changed. Then I don't know yeah. where he got this behavior from, but all the other returning kids, mm-mm. they don't do it they because they know. know how I am, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, would I say it's difficult? Um, majority of the time, no. I would say maybe like it's ten percent difficult because you have new kids, of course. Like this one kid, he he struggles with reading. And he struggles with staying focused, but mostly the reading. Like the other day, they had to do this compare and contrast essay and he couldn't even find a topic. So I suggested do, do Android versus iOS because mm-hmm. that's a popular topic to compare and contrast. And right. they had to find the similarities and differences. And the language arts teacher gave them different forms of charts of how to write the similarities and differences. So I said... Right. You don't have to do a Venn diagram because we were raised on Venn diagrams when we were in school, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And I told him, yo, just make a chart of similarities and then differences and then just find an article on the site and it should give mm-hmm. you a comparison chart right there, you know? And it's yeah. like, he would say, oh, I'm finished. Oh, I'm finished. But he will have like maybe two stuff written down so it's like mm. I have to sit next to him and guide him through the whole thing. And one thing I don't do, I don't hover over my students because I want right. them to feel like I can trust them to get the work done, you know. Exactly. But I feel like with certain students, I got to hover over you because you're not helping me help you. <laughs> you understand? So it's mm-hmm. like it's it's hard in that field, but majority of the time like I, I I like it I like it and 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 the students love me you know mm-hmm. and I think it's because of the fact that I'm different and they don't interact with people like me I guess you could mm-hmm. say it like that so yeah the average day for me as a teacher's assistant it's it's pretty cool you know um I, I do enjoy it no that's great to hear and I just like that example that you mentioned in terms of like working with that one kid with his assignment where he had to like compare and contrast things. And I was just thinking like in my OT head about, you know, working with kids from like my previous experiences working in the Mm. school where kids were always distracted. 
you know, they're not attentive to their work or they'll say like, okay, I did that part. I'm done. Like, no, there's multiple parts to this, like this assignment, you have to finish it, but figuring out strategies to make sure they're staying attentive and they're getting their work done at the same time, it does get challenging. But I like how you made sure that even though like the teacher gave them like a Venn diagram, there's multiple ways to organize yourself to Mm. get this task done. So like making a list or having a, like a similarity list and then a comparison list and then trying to figure out that way. um, That's a great way to like organize his thoughts, especially when he's very distracted. And then also I'm thinking about like how kids get distracted because of the environment that they're in. So I'm not sure like how the environment is in the classroom, but I'm sure there's other students in the classroom um, doing their own work. So he might be like looking at what they're doing versus what he's doing. Um, Maybe the environment is too loud for him. Maybe it's too much light in the room. Like, I'm just thinking about all these things because like in OT school, we learn about those different factors that could Mm. hinder like a child's performance in the classroom. So maybe, for example, to decrease the distraction, maybe he needs to do the work in another classroom or somewhere like that's quieter because it'll be less distractions for him or kind of breaking down the task of the assignment into different parts. So it's not like overwhelming for him. Um, Mm. But other than that, I also liked how you talked about like all students are different and every student has their own different needs. Mm -hmm. And I see that even with like my job, even though I'm not working with kids, I'm working with older adults. Every patient I have have a different need. And I can't treat my patients the same way because it's not going to reach their goal. Everybody's goal is different. And I think that's so key for like when you're working with kids, especially like either as a teacher or teacher's assistant, you have to have that creative mindset and that flexibility to know that every child's need is different and you have to care for each child's needs in order for them to reach that goal. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And one thing is, the parents, they're, they're overwhelmed. And, mm-hmm. and, and I sense that because the other day I actually had a parent-teacher conference and, you know, the reactions that, you know, I get from these parents, it's like, oh, I don't know what to do, you know? Mm-hmm. But we let them know that we're doing everything that we can because at right. the end of the day, these kids need us. They, mm-hmm. they, they look up to us and, and even the parents too because you know again they get overwhelmed so they would like look to us to like you know make sure they are you know focused and you know they get better throughout the years because in my opinion freshman year is like the worst year right mm-hmm. like it's it your is. first year <laughs> in high school um, you don't know how it is. You're just coming out of eighth grade. It's completely different. It's the same thing with college. It's your first year in college and you're not even used to it, you know? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but with coming into high school and being in an environment like this, we do like everything that we can to make the student feel comfortable. It feel, It's a good feel. It's heartwarming. 
that the parents <laughs> look up to us, you know, yeah. and, and, and the fact that these kids need us and that, you know, it's a sense of motivation. They push us to like, you know, shape them up and become the mm-hmm. better person that they were yesterday or a couple months ago or last year, you know? So, and, and, and again, like some of the kids that have these needs, some of them hide it very well in in school because i know outside of school they're not the same person that they are in the school i feel like at home yeah like there's this one student right you you wouldn't even think you would even think that he he um had special needs or anything any type of disability you wouldn't think Mm -hmm. but from what you hear from the parents it's like wow this kid really hides it very well in school. And I, and, I, and I respect him for that, you know, but I still let him know like, yo, it's okay. It's, it's, it's okay for you to not do this, not do that. Don't raise your voice at this. Don't get stressed out at that. Because in, in earth science, he gets very stressed out when he doesn't understand the work. And he gets very anxious when a test um, is coming up. But then when he right. sees the questions, he's like, oh, this is easy, this oh. is easy, this is easy. And I'm like, dude, this is what I'm talking about. You can't sit there and just stress out like that. Just take your time. If you have any questions, you can ask me or ask um, such and such, the teacher, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's a good feeling that, you know, these, these parents look to us and they, they thank us every day. Like, a lot of thank yous that I get every day like I feel like I feel like a hero you know mm-hmm. not wearing no cape but I feel like a hero you know and that's yeah. just who I am like I, I love to uplift I love to help out you know you're down mm-hmm. I'm gonna be there to help you get back up yeah no for sure it's like reassuring to know that you're in the right place at the right time kind of thing because like even with my job like as an OT it does get stressful at times but when a patient either the patient the patient's spouse the family they're just like thank you for coming here and helping out my dad or thank you so much for all you do because I remember when we first met I couldn't even like dress myself but now I can you know like it's it's really as you said it's heartwarming and it's just like wow like I actually did that I was able to help somebody um, get to a goal or progress in the mm-hmm. right direction. You know, it, it, it's so nice to like to hear that, especially during like the days where you feel like like out of it at times. Like, I'm not sure if you feel that way that maybe you have like bad days mm-hmm. by working with kids. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely those days where I'm just like, listen, I, I'm not in the mood, do this. Or else, you know, you you don't earn these privileges. Don't play with mm-hmm. me. That's it. I just mm-hmm. give them that, like, don't play with me. That's it. Yeah, I wish I can just say that with patients, but I can't because they're, like, three times my age. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but, like, but you, treat, you get you that treating them though. You treating them, though, you know? So yeah. at the mm-hmm. end of the day, it's not like, you know, you're a kid to them. But I can understand the, the dynamic that, you know, they're three times your age or whatever. 
you know yeah yeah it gets a little different when like I feel like when you're working with kids, they know like you're the older one. So like, okay, I have to listen because they're older. But right. now like me stepping in like as a 20 something year old telling this 85 year old man to yeah. do what I say, <laughs> it's going to be like, who are you? Who <laughs> you are know? you to tell me? Exactly. Like I lived my whole life and now you, I'm going to listen to you. So, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes I... I like play told sometimes with some of my patients, depending on, you know, the rapport we have. For the most part, I have a good rapport, all my patients. But you have like those small amount of patients where you're like, okay, I'm not sure if they're gonna do what I say because of like I'm this young person. Especially when they find out how old I am. Um yeah. that kind of throws them off for a loop at times. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um I guess the last thing I want to talk about is now since like you're working with a lot of kids in high school and I'm sure like once they graduate, they're about to like kind of like enter the real world, you know, they're, they're going to be adults. They're going to get like adult jobs and this, this and then third, but what do you think is like really important for them to keep in mind? Like, even though they are getting these services, like what's one thing that you want to let them know? Um, once like all these services are kind of fulfilled? Um, I would let them know that responsibility is key. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, especially if they are going into school, like college, um, Mm -hmm. no one's going to be there to hold your hand. You're not going to get the same assistance you've been getting for the past four to eight years you know, because some of them come from the lower part of the summit school. Um, No one's going to be there to hold your hand. So, you know, organization is, is essential, you know, plan out everything, review, study, you know, once you're well organized, you you have nothing to worry about, you know, yeah. Make sure you are responsible for submitting assignments on time. Be punctual with those assignments because yeah. there's no second chance. There's no such thing as test corrections because we give them test corrections in school. Like we move at a slower wow. pace. Yeah. You know? But again, like they improve throughout the years when they're in the school you know mm-hmm. so yeah once I feel like when they graduate they're not going to be the same person they were um freshman year sophomore year mm-hmm. right. they're going to be a completely different student but responsibility because even some of us that weren't in um special ed like some of us struggled with organization like you had some of us wait till the last minute to write a paper that's due at 11.59 or study for the midterm two days before or even like two hours before class started, you know? Um, mm. We procrastinated a lot, a whole, whole lot, you know? But I feel like some of us found ways to attack that procrastination. Like yeah. me, for example, um, when I was introduced to online classes, everybody was like, you got to stay on top of online classes because, you know, 
once something is due, you hand it in. You can't, you can't um ask for uh extension, extension. none of that, you know. <laughs> so once I got the hang of like submitting everything like on time, even days before the deadline, mm-hmm. I, I I said to myself, I'm like, yo. I'm about to start doing this from now on. And it's like, once I started doing it, I felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. I didn't have to worry about, you know, getting a paper done. I didn't have to worry about um, struggling on an exam, struggling with studying. I didn't, I didn't have any problems with that, you know, just because I picked up a new habit and I started attacking it and then boom, it leads to good results you know yeah Mm -hmm. again I feel like that's that's definitely a common issue within our generation and even the next generation like be responsible be organized don't procrastinate ever and it will be you know it'll be extra kudos if they pick up this habit from early because a lot of college students tend to pick up well not pick up but change their habits you know within like their last two years of school or even last yeah. year of school, you know? So mm-hmm. definitely be more responsible and organization is key. Yeah, no, I agree. Like time management, um, being organized with like all your work. So starting with that habit now, like in high school with whatever you have in your like, your courses and stuff like that. Because if you started, as you said, if you started now, it becomes mm-hmm. automatic by the time you get into college or into whatever you want to do. You need to be organized regardless of like where, like what your future holds, whether it's going to school or getting a job, like you have to be organized. And I feel like time management is so important too. Like you need to know how you manage your time um, when you're studying, knowing how many weeks you have to study before an exam. Um, mm. putting it on a planner, putting it on a calendar. So like you have that visual cue that like, okay, this exam is in three weeks. Maybe I should start studying now or maybe next week, not like two days prior <laughs> to the right. exam date. Um, I feel like planners are so big. I mean, for me, like I always use my planner for my job to kind of keep track of when I'm seeing patients at specific times of the day or during the week. So I'm not um, conflicting times with, um, other therapists, because I'm not the only therapist treating one patient. There may be a speech therapist or a physical therapist treating that same patient. So I have to make sure that I'm not caring for a patient at that same time, or maybe Mm -hmm. sometimes I can't see them the same day, depending on like the patient's needs. But I think it's so key to time management And I guess one thing to even add on to that with like working with kids is to not let like the services that they provide that were provided to them kind of like stigmatize who they are um, like in the future, because Mm -hmm. um, I feel like some kids, they, as you said, the kid that kind of hides, like you don't you don't really see him act like that like outside of school or his parents said that you don't see him kind of act a certain way mm-hmm. and for the most part kids that do get services they hide that like they don't want to tell their friends that they're getting services um it's not cool quote unquote to get 
therapy, like OT or speech therapy, physical therapy, or even having a teacher's aid to help them. Um, They get made fun of for sure. Um, But it's something that I feel like we always have to like encourage kids that we're here to support you. We're not here to make you feel less than or like not valued, but we want you to get the same um, success as a a kid that doesn't get these services. Cause mm. you, you like you deserve to get these the support to be successful. And maybe this kid don't need it, but we feel that if you do get these, you will be like in the same, like the same path to success. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they they're learning this from now, believe it or not, they have this um they have this period called organization where mm-hmm. they organize their um their assignments in one section of the subject and also you know they clear out their um their unread emails and all of that because I tell them listen stay on top of emails you may think emails aren't good right now but later on you're gonna be checked like me I check my email mm-hmm. I check it all the time now you know, yeah. I mean, I've, I've had an email since I was like 10. So I have like <laughs> 10,000 unread, but now I'm like on it, you know, in, in yeah. school, I was on it. So I was like, listen, emails are going to be your best friend, blackboard, all of that, you know? Yeah, no, it is like, I don't know. I'm always checking my email, like, I don't know how many times a day because you never know when something is sent out and you have to respond to a certain date. It can get mm-hmm. very overwhelming if you don't check it regularly. Exactly. That's good that you're telling your kids that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we're going to end it here. Um, thank you so much for um, you know chatting with me with, with this important topic. I think it was really cool to see like your role as a teacher's assistant and even kind of seeing that the the duties that you have as a teacher's assistant kind of aligns with OT as well because Absolutely. we're all part of like the support staff for kids in a school, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that was really great for everybody to hear, um, not just like in an OT perspective, but also like in the education side as well. Yeah, because I mean, we even have OTs as well. They're like, and they have their own room in a um mm-hmm. in the basement um but this year oh, nice. i think we have one ot because there used to be two last year but one of them mm-hmm. um got transferred over to the lower school okay yeah but I, right. I i don't know what they're doing like with ot lately because um i think a lot of the, the students that are um ot they are remote so they just oh, okay. hold like zoom sessions so it's not like you see yeah. them get pulled. And you don't see them like, you know, doing what it is that they do, whether it's ping pong or playing with a medicine ball. You don't, yeah, you, you, you don't see that no more because of the pandemic. Like the pandemic mm-hmm. really like changed a whole lot. You know? Yeah, it really did. Like the whole idea of therapy now transitioning into like telehealth and doing things remotely is it's different. And being like an OT, you have to be like, in my opinion, you need to be hands on. Like you have to be hands-on with the kid and to kind of have an idea of making sure that they're understanding what's going on. And then mm. remotely, you can't really 
see all that. So right. I'm sure it's pretty challenging. Yeah, super challenging. But at the end of the day, we got to get through it. No excuses, you know? You just try your best and, you know, let it happen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But thank you so much again for Yes, thank everything. you for having me. Of course, no problem. And usually at the end of um, the episode, I give my guests the opportunity to share their social media handles or any other projects that they are doing. And I know you have a podcast as well. So you can mm. definitely shoot that information right now. I got you right now. So people, um, my Instagram, Sprint Specialist, two underscores at the end. Podcast, the Millennial View Podcast, streaming on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Google. You can follow the IG page, the Millennial View with an underscore. Um, Twitter is Yo Sprint, Y-O-W underscore Sprint. And I recently joined TikTok now. So TikTok is <laughs> Sprint underscore Ravers. That's S-P-R-I-N-T underscore R-A-V-E-R-S. All right, y'all. We got a lot of a lot of different handles that you need to follow, but all of them are great stuff. Like if you guys haven't checked out his podcast, you guys definitely have to. Um, it's just really cool to hear different people's perspectives and kind of learning about like their meaningful occupations if you think about it that way like things that are meaningful for them and having huge discussions in that point so everything that he drops everything that he does is amazing so definitely check that out but this is the end of this episode I had Sprint Ravers aka Mr. Brandon aka Mr. Gooden um, just talking about his role as a teacher's assistant working in a school, working with kids with special needs. I think it was really important for us to kind of get that perspective, to know that we are all here to support um, just anybody that we, we serve in our jobs, whether I, me as an OT or Brandon as a teacher's assistant. But that's all we got for today. If you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns, you guys know where to hit me up. But that's all we got. And I'll talk to you guys later. Peace out.